On today's edition of the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts, we've got the National Education Association, also known as the NEA, instructing teachers across America to, uh, well, to, to target certain parents, parents who maybe engage in critical thinking, independent thoughts, might disagree with some of the left-wing rhetoric going on. Uh, yeah. They may be calling you out for being a racist if you're a parent with an open mind or actually cares about facts. We've also got the media. Well, <laughs> can you imagine the media today would actually bash America and uh, reference, you know, flags flying from pickup trucks and other rednecky stuff like that? You damn patriots. How dare you? We've got Maxine Waters, the crazy cat lady of the uh, of the house, and uh, well, she has a face a mother could never love. But anyway, Maxine Waters missed get in that face at the gasoline station. You remember the crazy cat lady? Uh, looks like a reject from a Jefferson rerun. But anyway, Maxine Waters claims the Declaration of Independence only applies to white men. Oh, the victimhood. And we've got uh, one of the stupidest human beings on the planet, Matthew Iglesias, writing at uh, a website, obviously, obviously named for him. It's called slowandboring.com. But he says conservatives can't win the history wars. <laughs> you think so, little man? Get ready for school. It's class time. Matthew. All that and maybe a little more. You never know who may stop by, my friends. Has some Hyatt called back, by the way? Has she? Oh, of course not. My life sucks. And welcome once again, my friends, to the Daily Gator Daily Thought, the world's most dangerous podcast, harassing, haranguing, and bashing liberals over the head with the truth as fast as I possibly can and offending every leftist on the planet. Who bothers to listen? If you know a leftist, point them this way. I will offend them and possibly I will open their mind a little bit to a little critical thinking. Now, speaking of critical thinking, the National Education Association has a plan. Their, <laughs> excuse me, their plan is to, according to Lidblog, who's a good source, Thank you for this site, Jeff Dunnitz. Good job, sir. The NEA has announced a plan to track down, name, shame, and personally attack parents who are opposed to critical race theory. Also known by me, not critical race theory, I call it Marxist bullshit theory. The NEA has agreed to, me to a measure to attack patriots who oppose turning schools into anti-American indoctrination centers, uh, umping out race baiters that will continue setting Americans against each other. Of course they will, because that's how communists gain power, divide and conquer. NEA will research the organizations attacking educators doing anti-racist work and or use the research already done and put together a list of resources and recommendations for state affiliates, locals, and individual educators to utilize when they are attacked. The NEA's measure reads, 
Uh, by the way, just to remind you, you know what funds the NEA? Your tax dollars. Think about that. The research, resources, and recommendations will be shared with members through NEA social media, an article in NEA Today, and a recorded virtual presentation slash webinar. Doesn't that sound exciting? The group added, I might attend their virtual presentation and webinar if they had free beer. And I mean good beer. Some good quality microbrews. One opponent of critical race theory spoke out on the NEA's plans. This was Christopher Rufo, who is perhaps the best in the country that I know of to attack and tell the truth about uh, critical race theory for the garbage it is, the nasty Marxist propaganda it is. He tweeted, the National Teachers Union is funding an attack machine against me and our allies. We were born for this fight and will show no mercy to the corrupt ideologues who are ruining American education. Swords up. Sounds like Christopher Rufo ain't playing around. No BS. No, well, can we all get along? We need to understand. We need to have a dialogue. Dialogues are great, my friends. You cannot have a dialogue with a freaking communist. They will cut your throat, literally, figuratively, whatever it takes for them to gain power. Morality is not a part of Marxism any form of Marxism. There may be people who are compassionate. They fall into the propaganda because they're compassionate. They think they're helping. They're very idealistic, very egalitarian. But you know what? The root, the essence of Marxism is evil. It is the most corrosive, destructive force this world has ever known. Everything it touches, call it Marxism, socialism, leftism, progressivism, call it communism, call it whatever, Stalinism, Leninism, it doesn't matter. It is the most destructive force. It destroys everything it touches. Fox News, for their part, added, billed at $56,500, the measure was marked as adopted, as amended. It specifically, listen closely, called out groups like the Heritage Foundation, which is a, a conservative think tank's been around for a long time, which has published anti-CRT messaging from Rufo. The attacks on anti-racist teachers are increasing. And remember, anti-racist now doesn't mean you're against racism. Anybody with brains against racism. But anti-racist now means you are actually pro-racist. You're for spreading racist propaganda, whether you know it or not, to help destroy the nation. That's what the, the mission is. It is coordinated by well-funded organizations such as the Heritage Foundation. It reads, we need to be better prepared to respond to these attacks so that our members can continue this important work of indoctrinating children to believe that communism is great, although they'll never use the word communism. No, 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 no. They'll use anti-racism, critical race theory. They'll use all kind of, of really nice sounding words, diversity, tolerance, whatever. But they'll never call it what it is. Marxism, Marxism, excuse me. One of the lessons learned via the horrible fight against COVID-19 is that the NEA and other major, major teachers union, the AFT, 
don't really give a rat's arse about our kids. Like most unions, they are run by union heads whose first priority is a political agenda and to fatten their pockets. But that's repeating myself. Even before the rank and file, those people have a full control, have full control over your children's education. And if you want to get involved in it, they don't like that. They're going to name you, shame you, call you out, and God knows what else. If you dare, dare try to foil their plans. These people are evil. They may not even know they're evil. They may be very altruistic in their intentions. Ultimately, they are serving evil. And if you don't think communism is evil, ask the 110 million people it killed last century. Ask people who have had family members. Ask the Cubans and Venezuelans in Florida. Ask the young Cambodian girl I used to work with whose family can tell you all about Pol Pot and his evil, dastardly deeds. Read about the gulags of Stalin and Lenin. Read about the Soviet Union. Read about the Great Leap Forward by Mao Zedong. Look what's happening in North Korea. Look at the concentration camps re-educating certain Muslims in China right now. Communism is evil. The left is communism. There is no difference anymore. Now on to something else here. Got to get a little little Maxine Waters in our conversation, don't we? Oh, that's an attractive woman. Good God. She might be a triple bagger. I'm just saying. And I know that's a rude thing to say about a esteemed and distinguished member of the U.S. Congress for decades. She looks like she's been, uh, been I don't know, for decades. She is... Uh, she is a person I don't understand how anyone follows her. I don't understand how a corrupt, crooked woman like her is still in power. Oh, that's right. She's from California. Not the smartest people in California. Maxine Waters, according to Microsoft News, went on an anti-American rant in a July 4th Twitter post where she claims the creeds laid out in the Declaration of Independence didn't give equal rights to black people or women. On uh, July 4th, and so, the Declaration of Independence says all men are created equal. Equal to what? What men? Only white men. Isn't it something that they wrote this in 1776 when African Americans were enslaved? The California congressman lamented in an Independence Day tweet. You know it's a tweet by Maxine Waters because there's crayon all over it. They weren't thinking about us then, but we, we're thinking about us now, Waters proclaimed. Oh, yeah, she's a woman of the people. She's a woman of the people. If there any, any ever has been, she's a woman of the people, as long as the people can fund her lavish lifestyle, of course. Waters is 82 now, by the way. Said that while the Declaration says we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, the nation is not reflecting that because 17 states have enacted voter suppression laws and the Supreme Court gutted Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act. Good for the Supreme Court. Because the Voting Rights Act needed to be gutted. It was outdated. The need for it no longer exists. Racism is dead. Or it was dead. 
But then we've got people like Maxine Waters trying to give it CPR as much as they can. And as much as I hate racism, I don't envy anything getting mouth to mouth from that woman. What a hideous, hideous woman. Inside, outside, and she's laughing all the way to the bank. What Maxine doesn't address here, and the left never does, never does. They talk about America's sins, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's history. But they never mention that those things don't exist anymore. No, they just transfer it, transfer it and, and pretend it still exists today, basically. It's never changed. It may be even worse now. And now they've gone with the 1619 Project to blame America for things and attitudes of, of uh, the early 17th century that, let's face it, the Constitution was ratified when? 1787? So 168 years before we had that. That's when the West when white people first came to America on the Virginia Beach. All that's America's fault, too. And they never, ever, ever mention, do they, the simple fact that America has atoned. We don't have slavery anymore or segregation or Jim Crow or uh, poll taxes or, or uh, any of the other things that prevented black people from voting or separated people by race. That was an ugly time in our country. It should have never happened. It's embarrassing that it did happen. But it also has to be pointed out doesn't it? That it's done. America had that sin. They corrected it. They had a sin of slavery. They corrected it. We atone for those as a nation. Just like not allowing women to vote. We atone for that. Just like a time when children were chained to factories in this country in the 19th century. Guess what? That has been atoned for. Child labor laws, voting rights acts, civil rights acts. Those times don't exist in America anymore. Women are equal. We are all protected now. Hell, we had three amendments after the war between the states, as it's correctly called, that addressed ending slavery, equal protection under the law, things like that. But the left never talks about those. They just bash America and act as if it's just as bad as it ever was. It's not pointing out America's sins that bother people like me. It's the 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 message that we're just as bad, if not worse off now, which is an evil, evil thing to say. And now, from the New York Times and other leftist mouthpieces, we have this tweet. A 4th of July symbol of unity that may no longer unite in a Long Island town. Neighbors might now make assumptions and sometimes false about people who conspicuously display American flags. And there's a picture of a, a very old rusty truck, some type of delivery truck. And on the side panel is painted in the image of the American flag. Oh, glory. What the greatest flag there is. But apparently the New York Times is offended. It no longer unites us. Today, they write, flying the American flag from the back of a pickup truck or over a lawn is increasingly seen as a clue. A clue. 
not Blue's Clues, just a clue, albeit an imperfect one to a person's political affiliation in a deeply divided nation. You damn conservatives. That's what they're saying. You damn conservatives with your damned ideology and your damn belief in the damn Constitution and your love of the damned American flag, you frighten us liberals because we really don't believe in America. At least that's what the New York Times thinks. Of course, actual liberals do believe in America. They're wrong about many things, but they don't want to destroy the nation. They don't want to change our flag. They don't want to erase our history. They don't want to take down statues and monuments. They don't want to cancel everybody and everything that offends them. Actual liberals love America. Again, they're wrong about many things. But then again, the left is pushing this aren't liberals. The neo-Marxists pushing this kind of garbage aren't American. That's the difference, my friend. Now, this was published on Independence Day, July the 4th. And Lidblog says that uh, some sourpusses in the corporate media hold only disdain for the good old USA. How true. They're above it. America, you're beneath them. The working people, the rednecks, the common men, common women. The, the, the corporate media elites don't like you. They look down on you. You're less than them. You don't have the education they have. And that's why they're so stupid. They're overeducated. They're, as I like to say, educated beyond their hat size. Because everything with them is ideology. Ultimately. Everything. See, they think Republicans only fly the American flag. They see an American flag. They see Republican. They see Republican. They see racist. They see sexist. They say they see gun nuts. They see zealous, overly zealous Christians who want this country to be uh, a theocracy. Take it from this conservative Republican gun owner. I don't want, and believer, yes, I don't want this country to be a theocracy. What we are. I think was best described by Michael Medved, said it very well. We're a Christian nation with a secular government. That's the best, to me, that's the best way to have it. I don't want to live in a Christian theocracy. I don't live, want to live in a, any type of theocracy. Of course, I'd much prefer Jewish or Christian theocracy over a Muslim one any day. So just to let you know, the media still hates you. They don't like you. They probably don't even like your mother, your father, your little sister. They don't like your dog. They don't like you or your house or the street you live on because you're one of those damn pickup truck driving, flag waving rednecks who hate people who are different than them. Isn't it odd the left always throws out that you hate anyone different than you, you're afraid of anyone different than you. While all the time they're screeching this garbage out, they're proving the point that they very much hate people who are different than them. How odd. If you listen to the left, they'll tell you everything you need to know about what the left is. And it's pure street trash, frankly. And no, I'm not sorry for saying that. Now let's get to Matthew Iglesias. He is about as, uh, he's about as smart as a screen door in a submarine, folks. He writes in, uh, in slow, boring, God, what a great description of Matthew Glacius. If it was slow, boring idiot, it'd be perfect. But he writes, part of the extremely confusing and confused, wait, 
So it's extremely confusing and confused. Okay, then. Again, let me read that again. Part of the extremely confusing and confused debate about critical race theory in American education is actually about something entirely different. The content of history curricula. No shit, Einstein. Excuse the French. But no eh, Sherlock. Yes, if you're talking about American education, the curricula of anything, especially history, is important. I want things that are reported that are true. I want things put in context. I like to have, if, if there's a question about many things in history, there's questions. I don't mind hearing both sides. I mind hearing facts and not garbage. Not naked propaganda from left-wing nuts. On the history front, the conservative backlash really started well before the critical race theory kick got going, Iglesias writes. It dates back to the New York Times publication of the 1619 Projects and the announcement that the Pulitzer Center was developing school curriculum units based on the project. The problem with the 1619 Project can be summed up in two letters, Mr. Iglesias. One's a B, one's an S, in that order. Based on the project, conservatives immediately lost their shit, Iglesias says. Over this, and progressives counter-mobilized history is now, I would say, one front in a multi-front battle composed of things that are only loosely related. Well, if you're saying the 1619 Project is loosely related to actual history, you'd be right. And it'd probably be the first time you've been right, Mr. Iglesias. I think that at times liberals protest too much, he writes. You think? That's all they do now. Well, the left, that's all they do. Again, you have to delineate between liberal and leftist. It's very important, I think. Acting as if nobody has ever taught about slavery in social studies class pre-1619, or as if all of the public education will uh, was still stuck in Dunning school propaganda as of five years ago. The whole point, he writes, of the 1619 Project was to be proactive and not just to repeat the most commonly basic known facts about slavery in American history. I learned a lot about American history uh, and slavery. Of course, I've learned lots more because of independent reading. I've always loved history and loved to read. And I remember every level of school, I was taught about slavery, the evils of it, the truth about it. I was taught about the war between the states, the multiple causes of it, uh, the major events, et cetera, et cetera, after war. I mean, yeah, all that needs to be taught. Reconstruction needs to be taught. I want it all taught with facts we know. I don't want opinion put in there. I don't care what your opinion is. I want to know what facts are. And too many historians have just simply gone to the, uh, the MKU version. Or the MSU, I should say. Make shit up. Uh just to bash America, especially the South, of course. But there is there is a threat when a, a curriculum teaches you that America existed almost 200 years before it did. There's a curriculum that's dangerous when it teaches that everything bad is done by white people or was done by white people. Yes, we did some bad things, the American Indians, very bad things. 
I mean, there's a reason that the five, quote, civilized tribes of Native Americans, which had gone through the Trail of Tears and things like that, the Choctaw, the Chickasaw, the Creek, uh, the Seminole, and the Cherokee, all aligned with the Confederacy. You know, the last Confederate general surrender? June 2nd, 1865, Stan Wadey, a Cherokee Indian. There's a reason they did, because they didn't trust the northern government, because Trail of Tears and other atrocities that were committed. Of course, those same Native Americans, if you want to call them that, I call them American Indians, they committed atrocities against white people. They committed atrocities against each other before there were any white people here. But does the 1619 Project teach that? No. It teaches that America was founded on the one principle. America came into existence in 1619 when a white foot touched a beach in Virginia. Immediately, America was there guilty of slavery. That's the essence of it. That everything America was built on was basically just pro-slavery. That's garbage. It's not true. And I don't want kids taught that. I want kids taught the good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, the Salem witch trials were pretty damn pathetic and ugly, weren't they? I learned about them. But everything bad in America's past doesn't make America bad today. Again, the left acts as if we're back stuck in time. We're not there anymore. We don't drown women. We accuse of being witches. And then when they drown, go, damn, she wasn't a witch. Let's go get a beer. Yeah, we don't do that anymore. Of course, the left might. Yep, he drowned. She drowned. I guess they really were uh, really were liberals. I thought they were conservatives. Oh, hell with it. Let's go get a beer. Give them enough rope. They'll hang you with it. Some would anyway. Uh, back to this piece by Glacies here. Now, of course, conservatives do defend America. Of course they do. That's that's pointed out here. The fact is, we have to, because the left never does. They just attack it. Uh, Russ Duhat, or Dotat, conceptualized a new history, or, history, or, history history as advancing three lines of argument. One, it seeks to expurgate uh, elements of the old racist historiography. When my wife was a kid in Texas, she was taught the War of Northern Aggression, as it's properly called. That kind of stuff has been marginalized since then, but it's not completely gone. It shouldn't be completely gone. There were many causes to the war between the states. I know. I've been studying it for 46 years. I've read over 500 books on it. I've endured all the major battlefields, save for a couple. To, to, believe me, folks, I've been immersed in this for a long time. And you learn amazing things when you read the letters of the soldiers. Home. And as pointed out in his book, Why They Fought, a famed historian, whose name escapes me in a second, I'll get it in a minute, James McPherson, thank you. He, he said in those letters, he read hundreds of them, the boys in blue, the boys in gray, they didn't talk about slavery. They talked about being patriots to the American ideal of the Constitution. One side held the Union to be perpetual and anything else was unacceptable, so they fought. The other side held that, yes, we can succeed. We do have rights. We're sovereign states. And they held to that principle and they fought. 
And too many of those good, brave boys died. And to demonize them and to cut out most of the history about them and sum it all to slavery was bad. The South was bad. They had slaves. North was good. They were fighting to free the slaves. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. Even Lincoln said that before the war many times. But that's another subject. I don't want things like that taught as fact in history class. I don't want America demonized. I don't want every good, noble thing about America to be erased and the focus all to be on the negative. Uh, Dude Hat also has this view of the debate. It seeks to publicize things like the sheer brutality of slavery, the violence of redemption, and the scope of ongoing theft that was part and parcel of the Jim Crow system. We know that. That's already taught. The left acts as if it's never taught or never been taught. That's complete and utter BS. Three, Dudat refers to a more radical narrative of U.S. history as a whole, one that cast a colder eye on the founders and Lincoln's halting path to abolition, depicts slavery as a foundation of white American prosperity, and portrays the Republic's ideals as just prettying up systems of racist and settler-slash-colonialist oppression. That's not American history. America has a long history, a lot of ugly chapters, but I think a lot more noble and great chapters. And that all has to be taught, my friends. Dude has view is that the problematic thing here is argument three, the anti-patriotic element, and that the biggest zone of controversy lies where the second project, the recovery of memory, blurs into the third one, the radical critique where the impulse to memorialize Tulsa gives way to the impulse to take Lincoln's name off of San Francisco school, where the indictment of slave owning gives way to an indictment of the American revolution. That is a problem because it's not true. Everything isn't interconnected. Of course, Iglesias doesn't think that's correct because Iglesias doesn't think and i'll be right back my friends gotta get something to drink trust me i'll be right back stay still don't move and put that popcorn down it's bad for you too much salt all right folks thirst is quenched it's good and let's wrap this up about the 1619 project you should really go read this yourself uh it's very long very hard to break down uh reading from a computer screen. But the essence of the debate over 1619 Project is not whether or not to teach bad parts of U.S. history. It's what to teach, how to teach it, and if there should be a political slant either way. There should be a political slant. Facts should be presented as facts, period. That's what should matter. When Iglesias continues, I want to read this part here to you. What I do think is noteworthy is the extent to which being mad at the 1619 Project has induced conservatives to pound the table in favor of 1776 as America's true founding, because historically that has always been the argument, uh, specifically of the anti-racist faction in American politics. The real reason, Matthew, is that we were we declared our independence in 1776 when the declaration was, was written and signed. 
and all the founders put their lives on the line and all their wealth on the line. That's before the Constitution. Yes, it's before we want our independence, before the Articles of Confederation. All that's very crucial history to teach. But there's nothing wrong in using 1776 because in 1619, it was people from Europe here. There was no thought of an American country independent that's on its own. It was all about colonizing. France, England, Spain, the Dutch, all these countries started carving out their colonies and, and things progressed. Lincoln, he writes, dating the founding of the country to 1776 rather than 1790 when the last state uh, ratified the Constitution and we became a 13-state a nation, famously described it as dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. That idea doesn't appear in the United States Constitution. Well, it, not directly, but it does. Because clearly the Bill of Rights recognizes natural rights as from the creator. Not from government. Not from the Constitution. They pre-exist the Constitution. They talk of rights. Uh, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The right of free speech, freedom of religion are not to be touched. They're not to be messed with. The, the Constitution doesn't say America gives you these rights. The Constitution gives you No, they come from your creator. They are natural rights. That's what the left never understands about the Constitution and the beauty of it. That idea, again, doesn't appear in the U.S. Constitution, which not only endorses slavery, but entrenched a profoundly undemocratic political system that we still have today. I assume he's talking about the... Uh, the uh, way we elect presidents, right? Because we have largely a democratic voting system in the country. Even the uh, electoral college is almost exclusively awarded on who wins a popular vote of Colorado or Missouri or whatever state you're talking about. And that's how we decide when someone gets to 270 electoral votes, they won the presidency. And that is a democratic election, obviously, but it goes state by state. That was meant to represent the smaller states, not to allow any state to become more powerful. So, yeah, we're not a democracy because the founders recognize democracies often, maybe always, eventually descend into mob rule where there are no rights for anyone except what 50.1% of the population or voting population desires. Hardly a good system. This is precisely the struggle that Buckley, he's talking about William F. Buckley, was on the wrong side of and that is being pressed today when progressives argue for creating new states and instituting tough curbs on gerrymandering. You know the problem with gerrymandering for the left? It doesn't favor them right now, but they've done as much as Republicans, and I despise gerrymandering from either side. But it's used as a political tool, and the left use it just as much as the right. So stop pretending that's a conservative tactic to take power they don't deserve. This is why it's Joe Biden who likes to say America is an idea. 
because the good idea behind America is a progressive, egalitarian one. Eh, wrong answer, Mr. Iglesias. Wrong answer. The vision behind America is, a, is individualism, not egalitarianism, not progressivism, certainly. Individualism, where the, the government protects your rights, protects your right to do things, defend those rights, defend the country, obviously, from foreign invasion, things like that, and then leaves people the hell alone and lets them live and run their own life and lets the states be uh, 50 independent beings, basically, that run most of their affairs because the U.S. Constitution, as Madison said, he's known as the father of the Constitution, so he might know something. He called... The, the duties of the federal government in governing the country as few and well-defined. So most of the decisions should be, and constitutionally, are left to the states, and we've allowed the federal government to grow way, way, way beyond its, uh, beyond its limits, according to the Constitution, in my opinion. This is why it's Joe Biden who likes to say American is idea, he repeats. Rich Lowry who is William F. Buckley's successor at National Review, knows that the spirit of 1776 isn't exactly wor workable for the conservative project. That they need to insist that America is somehow a blood and soil nation out of German romanticism. Because Lowry tweeted, America is a nation, not an idea. It's a, it's a nation, exactly, based on certain ideals, absolutely. Chief amongst those ideals, individualism, which is the opposite of what the left is. Collectivism is what the left is about. Those two are diametrically opposed. If you want to understand the left, why they oppose the things they do and support the things they do, understand collectivism, and on the right, understand individualism, you will see while these two, two sides always clash. But that's dumb. That's what Iglesias says about Rich Lowry calling America a nation. Words are just words, but again, it's Lincoln who says we're not just a nation, but rather a nation dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal, i.e. an idea. Here's a hint, Matthew. I'm trying to help you out here. When Lincoln or anyone says, speaking of America or nation or this nation, a nation, they're calling it a nation. Amer America, of course, is a nation based on certain ideals, but we're still a nation. Every nation is based on ideals. So I guess every nation on earth is an idea, right? Or an ideal. No, it's a nation which has certain principles. I'm an individual. You're an individual, Matthew. We have certain principles we live by, right? personal, professional, whatever, doesn't mean we're ideas, means we're a person with certain things. It's not that hard. Portugal, he writes, isn't dedicated to anything. I think they're pretty dedicated to speaking Portuguese and convincing everyone they're not part of Spain. One place I'd like to go, by the way, Portugal, heard of an absolute beautiful nation. And I've lost my place again. Damn computer. 
it's the Iberian kingdom, speaking of Portugal, that didn't get amalgamated with Castile and Leon, so it's a local dialect entered the era of mass, mass education and mass media with the legal static status of an official language, and so now they're a nation. America's not like that. America's not like any nation. And we have ideals, and our ideas behind it, but America is not an idea. It is a nation. That's the essence. Again, go back to one of the, the big differences between 1619 Project, people who push it, and people who oppose it. We want the truth taught about America. We don't want everything to be an idea. Like when the left speaks of a living constitution, and the right sees a living constitution too. Difference is the left means it could be, it's like silly putty. You can just stretch it and roll it up anyway. You can make impressions of this and that. It's like Play-Doh, right? Just make a castle, make a snake, make whatever, make some cookies. You can do anything with Play-Doh, almost anything. But that's not the way to, to have a country. Our constitution has certain principles it lays out. The biggest problem with America is we don't follow it anymore. And the left has always hated it. Because, again, the Constitution lays out the individualistic and individualism that are the ideals behind America. And in the beginning, America had great ideals that did not always live up to, and some areas egregiously did not live up to. But that's been corrected. Again, we go back to the same thing I mentioned earlier. The left will never praise America. America's is as racist now as they were then. When we were colonies, before we ex colonies even existed, America was a perfect utopia until the first white toe touched down on the beach. And then it all went downhill from there. That's the very essence of 1619. And the, uh, the communist... Behind the 1619 Project, piece from the New York Post before I wrap this sucker up, uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, who went from writing the New York Times Magazine's The 1619 Project, winning a Pulitzer for something, and, and she wanted to get uh, tenure. She wanted to be a tenured professor at University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Well, they gave her a professorship, and then they said, no, no tenure, and she raised hell and played the victim. Racism! And, of course, they caved in because they have no testicles or spine or knees or anything else that, that helps you stand up for anything. Of course, now she's played that card. She got to do the 1619 Project. She got a, a fat offer for University of North Carolina for, for something she didn't deserve. She demanded tenure, something she really doesn't deserve. And then they caved, they offered it to her, and now she's really playing the victim card. No, I'm not going to do it now. I'm going to go somewhere else, and she's going to Howard University. Howard University, of course, founded by uh, General Oliver Howard, who was a Union commander in, in the war between the states, and a white man. So it must be racist, right? But it was designed and started as an institution to teach black people. 
of course, it weren't by white man, so it can't be good. Plus, he was in the military. Really can't be good. But anyway, the University of North Carolina didn't really want to give her tenure. Then they did. Now she said, I just can't do it. And went on a self-righteous little rant. Look at me. Feel sorry for me. Give me more money. Make me more famous. Hannah Jones, who is 45, will not be serving as the chair of UNC's journalism department and has instead taken a similar position at Howard University, which is, again, as I pointed out, a historically black university in Washington, D.C., where she will be the inaugural night chair. That's right. K-N-I-G-H-T, by the way. I wonder if she gets to hold a sword and stuff or wear a suit of armor. In a race, uh, no, their inaugural night chair in race, excuse me, and reporting at the school. So in other words, a, a left-wing boondoggle. And she says, I have decided that instead of fighting to prove I belong an institution that until 1955 prohibited black Americans from attending, I am instead going to work in the legacy of a university not built by the enslaved, but for those who once were. The award-winning journalist wrote in a lengthy statement about the decision. She continued, I cannot imagine working at and advancing a school name for a man who lobbied against me who used his wealth to influence the hires in ideology of the journalism school, who ignored my 20 years of journalism experience, all my credentials, all my work, and my new hairdo, because he believed that a project that centered black Americans equaled the denigration of white Americans, she continued in the seething statements. By the way, I, she really didn't reference her hair. I'm just pointing out the fact that her hair looks ridiculous, but this isn't about fashion, so. Nor can I work in an institute whose leadership permitted this conduct and has done nothing to disavow it. In other words, she got butt hurt, and now she's going to take her ball and go home. I'm a snowflake. I'm a snowflake. Feel sorry for me. Give me money. The decision comes after months of controversy that started when the North Carolina school denied Hannah Jones' tenure after she was tapped to be the school's night chair, again with a K, in race and investigative reporting, making her the first professor in the role to not have tenure. While Hannah Jones said her tenure application was overwhelmingly approved, all oh, by the fellow leftist, there, yes, of course they're going to cheer, you're a fellow leftist, by the school's promotion and tenure committee. And the journalists of journalism department, the board of trustees took issue with the journalist's 1619 project because it's complete and total BS. And she was offered a five-year contract instead. The project, an ongoing initiative at the New York Times Magazine, which is really useful, the New York Times Magazine, if you had a birdcage, put on the bottom there. Yeah, very, very useful, my friends. Very useful. Also to clean your windows with. Otherwise, it's pretty much worthless. Can we use this doorstop if you do like three or four of the magazines? Maybe. Uh, by the school's promotion tenure committee again, and the journalism department took issue with her 1619 project. The project, an ongoing initiative at the, at the New York Times Magazine, 
Listen to this spin. Sought to reframe the role enslaved Americans had in the creation of the United States and the consequence of the peculiar institution and the influence on modern-day race relations. Again, slavery's dead. It's been, been atoned for. Uh, there was a war fault, though not fought over it. One of the, the, the noblest and greatest consequence of it was that slavery, the evil of slavery ended. And I don't remember not learning about famous black people in history class. Booker T. Washington, George Washington Carver, uh, Frederick Douglass, obviously, Martin Luther King, and, and many others. Part of the civil rights movement, etc., etc. I remember studying these people. Uh so I remember getting an education, I'm sure most people do, that did include black people's role. And I never thought America was built by just white people. And I don't think anything in our history teaches that. The fact is the majority of the people in the country now are still white people. It was a heavier majority back then. So, of course, most of the people referenced in history were going to be white people. And because of some policies against women and different gender roles back then, yeah, you're going to have mainly white men talked about. I still remember reading about Betsy Ross, Dolly Madison, George Washington's wife, Martha Washington. I remember reading about these people. Clara Barton, the list goes on. So women minorities were never left out of American history. It says they didn't play some of the major roles that white men did. That's the history based on our demographics which are changing. And demographics changing isn't necessarily good or bad. Who founded your country? Who's running your country? Now, not really important, their race or their gender. I don't care about race and gender, unless it comes to dating, okay? I like straight women, period. And if she's cute or trisexual. That's an inside joke. Hannah Jones never said she never wanted the issue to become a national scandal. Sure she did because publicity is something she hates. And that she was humiliated to be denied tenure. She accepted the five-year contract offer and vowed to shut the hell up. Only if she would. However, the story eventually leaked to local press and the school faced mounting backlash. Yeah, she knew nothing about leaking the story. Oh, because she's known to keep her mouth shut, right? Give me a break. All of a big, a big publicity stunt that she took smart enough to use and took advantage of. Because the media is a willing participant in that. They love leftist propaganda. They love it. Including legal action from Hannah Jones' team. And it eventually... Again, lost my place. Offered her tenure at the end of June, which she accepted, and now she's gone to Howard. Her choice, her business. Good for many people, all with the best of intentions. She said, have said that if I walk away from UNC, I will have let those who oppose me win, but I do not want to win someone else's game. Hannah Jones wrote in a state her statement, it's not my job to heal this university. Does the university need to be healed? Are you a doctor, Miss Jones? A legitimate doctor? Or a doctor like Joe Biden? The fact is, America has healed. 
The left will always say America needs to be healed, to be healed, to be healed, to be healed. And they never once look and say, we've healed this, fixed that, repaired that, atoned for that, corrected this, repented for that. None of that. All bad. America bad. Every, every, every turn, it's America's bad. It's not my job to heal this university to force the reforms necessary to ensure the board of trustees reflects the actual population of the school and the state or to ensure that the university leadership lives up to the promises it made to reckon with its, get ready folks, legacy of slavery and injustice. Again, no matter what America does, they never give any credit for any dealing, confronting, or correcting America's done of its past institutions and race issues, et cetera, et cetera, and gender issues. For too long, powerful people have expected the people they have mistreated and marginalized to sacrifice themselves to make the things whole. The burden of working for racial justice is laid on the very people bearing the brunt of the injustice and not the powerful people who maintain it. I say to you, refuse, I refuse. Well, Hannah Jones, the problem is, again, no matter what America does, people like you are never going to give it credit. America will never be whole. It'll never be pure. It'll never be good. It'll never be perfect. It'll never be anything positive in your eyes because you don't believe in America. You don't believe in individualism or capitalism. You don't believe in racial blindness, being colorblind. You believe in whatever you can use to further yourself. In your case, it's your race, your gender, and your communist beliefs. That's the problem with the 1619 Project and the entire left. It's all about hating America. There's never any redemption. It's like if you were in a relationship and your partner cheated on you. And you stuck with your partner. And you eventually got to a point where they no longer cheated on you. They were incredibly kind to you and noble to you and great to you. Gave you everything they could. They absolutely adored you. Made your life as good as they possibly could. But you never, ever forgave them. Even though they corrected what they did wrong as best they could. That relationship would never work. Because to you, you're always a victim. Even to the point of no longer being an actual victim. There were black people who were victims of oppression, slavery, Jim Crow, segregation, poll taxes, etc. Horrible things. Horrible things. Those times are no longer. But if you study the 1619 Project, not only have they never been atoned for corrected, you won't just be taught that. You'll also be taught that America in and of itself, its very essence is irrevocably evil and flawed, and it must be torn down and rebuilt. And look at the people and the ideology of the people trying to be put in a position to control the, re the destruction and rebuilding. They're communists. This is communism, how it works. Think about it. That's why critical race theory, the 1619 Project, 
and all the other things along that vein are so bad for this nation. Think about that, folks. That's it for me, my friends. Lightning lost last night. Still kind of a fluky win for the Canadians, but still one one away. Tomorrow night they play in Tampa game five. I predict game five is it. But anyway, thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. If you wish to support the delegator.com, the blog that started it all, or the Delegator Daily Thought Podcast, you can do it two ways. You can go to the delegator.com, click the first uh the the PayPal button it says buy now in the first post on the delegator and you can give a certain amount. Yes. Up to six figures, I believe. But anyway, I'm joking. Of course, unless you really have that much cash and you know, Hey, I'm not going to argue. You can also go to the delegator daily thought on anchor by Spotify. And you can uh, set up a monthly subscription. If if you do that, I promise you two things. I will work as hard as I can to make your experience there as good as I can. And I will never send you any nude pics of myself, you perverts, because A, I'm not going to do that. And B, ain't nobody want to see that. The fact is, my friends, I really do appreciate listening. I appreciate doing this. It's good for me, I think. And again, God bless y'all for listening and the support. The people on Facebook who always comment and things like that. Well, not that one person. That's really bad language on Facebook. I'm just saying. And I don't think I could even do that. I don't think it's anatomically possible, especially for a 55-year-old guy. Okay, so just maybe don't follow me anymore. Good Lord. Okay, Mom. Any, any The problem is people, oh, do you hear that? His old mama hates him. It's a joke, people. My sick humor coming out. Remember, please, the three golden rules of life. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. Go Gators. And, of course, always, this time of year, Stanley Cup time. Go Lightning. Let's skate the cup tomorrow night. Thank you very much, my friends. I do appreciate you. Good night. God bless. And we'll talk to you soon, probably tomorrow. Unless I get like a hot date or something. Yeah. Like I said, we'll talk tomorrow. Take care, my friends. God bless y'all.